Hi everyone, it's Nick here. Just wanted to make a little message before this uh, bonus episode of the podcast. Um, there, we were recording this on a Discord call, and the uh, internet in the area we were in was very poor. We did not at all expect it um, to be that way. So there are some times where the audio uh, kind of skips, and uh, hopefully there's enough context so that when it does skip, you'll kind of regain it as soon as it comes back. There's, you know, not too, too much um, that's, you know, left out. So um, I, I'll, I've, I've tried to put in some context for some things that are brought up here and there. Um, and in other cases, you know, we, of course, you know, couldn't. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. My, I hope that you guys will enjoy this episode nonetheless. It was a lot of fun being able to just kind of sit and chill and be able to talk about something that um, me, uh, as well as the other people in this episode, are very passionate about. So we hope you guys enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a sort of extra episode of the Coffeehouse Podcast. This is not going to be scheduled normally like our other episodes. However, um, we're still going to call it the Coffeehouse Podcast, because why not? Um, Am I you are. <laughs> you are. So joined with me. Um, in terms of the hosts, I'm alone. Um, however, I am joined by uh, Lexi Mernier. Tell me who you are. I mean, I know, but tell them who you are. <laughs> uh, my name is Lexi Mernier. I'm the artistic director of the Pine Street Play. Mentor. Yeah, that's the fancy way of saying director. That's <laughs> <laughs> the proper way of saying director. Um, yes, and also joined, you might recognize him from a past episode of the podcast, but Matt George. Um, we wanted to kind of get perspectives of a director and a performer. And even though I'm a performer, I'm also the interviewer. So I feel like having that triangular conversation would kind of help. So, so um, that being said, uh, I'm just going to get right into it. Um, so the first question I have for you is what made you decide to get into the directing field? And then a branch off of that, why theater and not film? Yeah. So I began as an actor, mm-hmm. I'm still an actor. And, um, when I started, I just started in, you know, school plays and the usual. Um, and at that point it was theater over film because that is what was accessible. Yeah. <laughs> the school plays were plays and not little like elementary school independent films. Um, so I started with stage work and I had never thought about directing at all or, you know, I shouldn't say that because I, when I was in daycare, uh, and my parents used to come pick me up, I would make all of the other kids perform these little like skits. (laughs) I'm sure that they loved me. Um, (laughs) and I have a distinct memory of carrying size Ziploc bag full of construction paper kites to daycare because we were going to do Mary Poppins because the Poppins movie. Um, this was far before it was a stage musical, so visionary. Um, <laughs> but I was always making my friends, you know, we would do like the Spice Girl videos and I was just always kind of directing them in that sense. But I had never thought about it as anything serious. And then in high school, um, during my senior year, during our Spring Musical, my director and uh, mentor, who's the head of the music department, Thomas Quigley, he has since retired, but he is just the greatest theater educator of all time. Um, He 
I still don't really know to this day why, pulled me out of a scene and said, Lexi, can you come over here and watch this and just, you know, make some adjustments? I was like, what the hell? Um, but I did. And I loved it. I loved this. It was like a camera zooming out. It was, you know, acting is so kind of small and it's you and your scene partner. But for the first time, I was looking at everything as a larger stage picture. Um, and I just thought it was so cool. But again, didn't really think anything of it. Um, went to school for acting. Um, that's what my degree is in. And then I um, realized that because I'm an actor and because I have that language and because I have those tools, I'm really well suited to direct because I can speak with the performers in a way that they understand. And I understand them and I can kind of put myself on the other side of things and say, well, if I was in this moment, like what would I need to hear or what technique would help me? Um, so yeah, it's kind of a marriage of the two things. I think that I enjoy directing because I have such a respect for acting and vice versa. Yeah. All right. So that's honestly kind of interesting because I see people that are like, I just thought it was cool. <laughs> and that's, they just leave it at that. I was definitely one of those people at <laughs> yeah, first. You know, it's like, it's cool. You go on a stage, you perform, it's cool. You know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I think all theater kids also have that thing of like, I just wanted everybody to look at me and applaud for me. I know, right? Like, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it starts off as that. It's like I want people to applaud my work. <laughs> That's definitely kind me. Of like bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and second, this is also kind of a two-parter in a sense. Um, what does performance mean to you from the standpoint of a director when you're a director, then becoming an audience member for another show, and then when you become the audience member for your own show? Oh yeah. Okay. So <laughs> um, it's it's funny because when I was in school, um, when I was in college, one of my professors was like, "You." are not going to be able to enjoy theater basically like for the entire time you're in school because you're getting hit with so much um, technique and analysis that anytime you go see a show, it's just going to be these like, um, you're going to be dissecting it and your, your brain is just going to be in that, in that uh, space. And that's never really gone away. It's really, really hard for me to sit down. A show has to be really fantastic for me to kind of like take off my director hat. Um, just because I, I, it's my whole life, I, it's my career. Um, but when it is, it's like magical. Like if a show is able to just take me into their world without me being like, oh, that was a weird choice. Or like, oh, that was such a good choice. I wonder how that played out. And I wonder what, you know, uh, meeting they had to like figure that out. Um, if I'm not in my head, it's a, it's a really, really good show. I, I think it's probably similar to like if a chef goes out to eat at another restaurant. Yeah. Like, you're just trying to enjoy the meal, but you're kind of like, oh, what is that season? Or like, oh, that's not how I would have prepared that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, for me, it just means that when a show is great, it's like really great if I can sit and enjoy it. It's I actually <laughs> kind of understand what you mean. Cause like here we do learn like a lot of really top notch techniques and things like that. So like sometimes I'll like be at home and be like, huh, maybe I'll just watch um, a musical or something and then find myself just, getting kind of annoyed halfway yeah, through, like, being like, okay, this isn't the same as it usually is. <laughs> the theater kid thing too, because yeah. like when you, like you're at this high school and you go to see another school's play, you're like, oh, my director would not have liked that one. <laughs> but, and it's not, I, I, I hope that you guys take it as like, you know, we always talk about inspiration and not competition. Mm -hmm. um, I want you to expose yourself to a ton of performance, but yeah, I, I'm proud of this. Oh, that's, 
a choice. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I made a different choice. Yeah, um, not because I, you know, that's my number one thing is I don't want to put artists out there who are like catty and then competitive. Um, but I do. I like that you're thinking actors. I like that you know your stuff and know what you're talking about. And I'm proud that that's kind of um, something that you guys take away from this is you have those tools already that you typically wouldn't see yeah. at this level. Hmm. Um, and then specifically speaking towards Pine Street Players, but I also know that you <laughs> do it in um, other companies as yeah. well. But how do you deal with like performers who may be strong in like one aspect, which like acting or singing or dancing, and then like in another, they maybe need a little bit more improvement. How do you combat that? So I think everybody should be training all the time. Um, I think that you know, kind of even before we get to a, a production standpoint, if this is where your joy is and if this is, you know, what what you think you might want to pursue, um, get that training now. Um, you know, there are so many kids who kind of until college or don't think of um, voice lessons or acting lessons or dance classes, something that's that's really a part of the whole package. Um, so I would really encourage everybody to get training. And if you can't, um, you know, if it's a financial situation, see if there's scholarships available. If there aren't scholarships available, read as much as you can and see as much as you can and, and just kind of expose yourself to as much as you can to round yourself out, you know, ideally. But by the time they come to me, if somebody is, is lacking in one area or another, um, I actually really like to lean into um, what it is that they're hoping to strengthen or that I see that they would kind of need to strengthen. Um, I think that in a, in a larger sense, in a, in a professional company, um, or at a different circumstance, um, you want somebody to come in who like can 1000% do the job and do it well and that's it. But because we're an educational company, um, I'm less concerned with, somebody who can just come in and hit their mark and go home. And I'm more concerned with the fact that you guys are growing and, and exploring. Um, so we tend to cast outside of type. Um, if somebody has, you know, played like the comedic friend once or twice and really, really killed it, um, I'm going to want to see them in a dra dramatic role next. Um, and it's a little give and take because you never want to set somebody up for failure. Um, and you don't want to give them something that they, um, haven't earned. It's not like, you know, if somebody struggles with dancing, we're just making them a feature dancer because it's like their turn to be the feature dancer. Um, but we like to cast people in ways that will highlight that weakness so that there is no choice but to strengthen it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, I think it kind of shakes you guys sometimes when cast lists come out. <laughs> um, Sally Ann is the perfect role for, or is the perfect performer for that lead role. And she checks all the boxes and Sally Ann is playing like this role over here. And so-and-so is in that role. And it's because Sally Ann doesn't need that role to get better. Sally Ann needs to go over here and work on this. And, you know, Sally McGee needs to come in and, and all the Sally's we have. Um, <laughs> she, she needs that role to grow and to yeah. stretch. So the way I deal with performer uh, weaknesses is to lean into them and, and spotlight them and, and give them an opportunity to, to work them. Yeah. And it's, I mean, just not to be buyers or anything, but I mean, <laughs> it's worked very well just being there because I I was on the way over here. I told Matt, so like, we're weak in something. Because <laughs> like, I'm 
people will tell me I am, but I am not a good dancer until I get direction. And I feel like you guys, you don't, you don't push boundaries. You know, you know that like, this is your capability master this. And the next time around, we'll give you something to step up. I just like that. It's that staircase effect of it, you know? Um, uh, and then what's one show that you'd like to put on that you haven't yet? I'm so hesitant to answer this question because I don't want everybody to be like, Lexi has a list and these are the shows that we're doing. <laughs> like the next um, it's different in a, in a professional capacity. There's a lot of shows that I want to do with like, you know, adult performers that I can't touch with you guys. Right um, but in terms of something that the rights are not yet out to, um, so it's not possible for this to be coming around the corner for you guys. I think um, the musical The Prom is near perfect. Um, Susie and I saw it like on a lark in, in New York. I'm not typically one for like, uh, musical comedies, um, but we wanted to see a show and, and that's when we went to see. And I was hysterically laughing. I was hysterically sobbing. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Um, I know that Ryan Murphy, I was him on it to make a, a film adaptation. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I love Ryan Murphy, but he makes some choices. <laughs> <laughs> I know that um, the rights have been acquired, but they're not released yet. So mm. that is, you know, you tell the junior cast that like their senior year, we're probably getting prom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it would be a great, um, it's a great story. And I think it would be a, a blast for, for a youth, a youth group. It would have to be because it's a little, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and there's also, I know you guys have always talked about wanting to do shows that like, we need so much more time than we're given to learn like something like newsies like there's yes. so much dance related stuff and then on top of that we're not very heavy on guys so <laughs> we actually are for guys is solid um but it is not it is not newsy level <laughs> not at all it is not <laughs> 97 percent uh, guys although i would girls in there and not even girls as you know male newsies like i would throw in some girl newsies um uh, susie actually just was the assistant music director at arena stage in dc um so i went and saw that and that was like a professional show and they had girl newsies and it wasn't like hidden or like apologetic yeah. they were like in skirts and they were like kicking their legs up to their face and it was awesome um so yeah i would there are some shows that are just a little bit beyond our capabilities because um they call for a very specific type of performer. And again, we don't, we do want to stretch you guys, but we don't want to set you up for failure. Um, but I think every director, I know a lot of, you know, theater educators and I talk about how like we have this list of shows that we're kind of waiting for the right uh, cast to come along. Like, oh, if I could get this type to walk through the door, I'd be able to do this show. Or like, oh, if I got like a bunch of kick-ass dancers, um, you know, I would love to do this show. But you guys are very well-rounded. Um, you guys are a great group to program for and to, to, uh, come up with seasons for, but yeah, we're not quite at the newsy level of dance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're just you know, not there. Going off of like when you're waiting for that person to walk through the door, it sucks when they only have one show with you and they're like a senior, they're like <laughs> moving away and you're like, oh, we've had, we've had a few seniors come through that I've just been like, wait, I love you. <laughs> but it's Are you great. sure you're 18? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen anything. Um, but then they, you know, they get to turn around and be like, where have you guys been? Like, this has been so great. So, yeah. you know, people, people find each other when they're supposed to. And, and 
I like to think that everybody kind of makes their way to us like for a reason. So yeah. Um, next up, so obviously we know you've done Shakespeare. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just for you guys' information, Matt was oh, yes. in our performance of Romeo and Juliet. You know. Um, my Romeo. <laughs> um, Nick was but, Juliet. Yeah, I know. Um, I wish. It was a very progressive. Um, so, but how do you bring new life to old writing? How do you, because I know you modernize, you know. We did. The show. Um, I think, I knew that the first time we did Shakespeare, I wanted to do Romeo and Juliet. And I knew that the first time we did Romeo and Juliet, I wanted to set it in a modern setting, keeping the um, original text because. I think it is so important for young performers to get over that hurdle of Shakespeare being inaccessible or Shakespeare being something that like you kind of drudge through in English class and, and it's not for you or you don't get it yet or it's older than you or beyond you because it's not at all. Um, you know, I've, I'm thrilled that, that Shakespeare is taught in schools, but that's not what it was written to do. Um, and I, I saw something somewhere that was like, Shakespeare would be rolling in his grave if he knew that a bunch of teenagers had like their heads buried in his book in a classroom. Um, and that that was their only exposure to it because it's just so not what it is meant to be and you, you miss so much um, kind of getting introduced to it in that capacity. So, I'm rambling. What was your question? <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you bring like new life to older? How do you take that right. old English and everything and make something brand new? Yeah. So I think, I think I just want you guys to understand um, and to have the experience of all of the themes of Shakespeare, all of the heightened stakes, all of the um, everything that makes it feel so lofty is the basis for all of the shows that you guys are already performing and the ones that like you do feel are accessible and you do feel are right there. And there are all of these emotions and these scenes that like you deal with in your life, um, especially as teenagers with like these big feelings that are just kind of like coming down the pike day after day. So I think it's really important to boil down the text to First, I mean, obviously it kind of goes without saying you have to understand what you're saying. You can't just like rattle off Shakespeare and not understand the meaning behind the words. And then once you do that, you can just marry it to a situation that is modern, that is more accessible. And there's definitely, I would love to see um, a stop to this idea of like, who can come up with like the zaniest Shakespeare idea? So like, <laughs> we're going to commit, we're going to set it on the moon like yeah. <laughs> you know you just want to do something different than like the company down the street um but it Shakespeare is so gorgeous on its own and it, it really stands on its own and I would love to see a trend of like you know what we're going to do with Shakespeare that would be so edgy and so cool we're just going to do it <laughs> like, we're just going to do it as it's written um and that's going to make us like so different I would love that but the reason why I modern is I just didn't want it to feel so. It's a teen drama. It's it's you know I don't know what's a teen drama right now. Riverdale. I hear Riverdale is awful. Is it awful? I that's what I heard. I heard it's awful. <laughs> um, but it's that's what it is. It's these it's these like soap opera teen characters that are just kind of finding their finding their way. So that's why I modernized it. Um, but I think to modernize it, you just have to identify the theme and figure out a, a present day concept. What I took from it, um, Romeo and Juliet specifically, 
like the what I got from it, it showed that the story itself was a really timeless thing that if you didn't know it originally took place in like the 1500s, it could be set in any time. And it's a really timeless story that has a lot of modern issues that anyone could really relate to if you know what they're talking about. And since we did like figure out what they were talking about, <laughs> that's how I started to realize it's really more than I thought it was when I learned about it in ninth grade English. <laughs> a grasp on that language and it'll be so much easier. You know, when you read the midsummer monologues, the audition monologues, you'll, you'll, be able to speak that language, you know, a bit better than you did with Romeo and Juliet, and then we'll just keep progressing. Yeah. yeah. And um, for a little context, uh, the speaking of Midsummer, <laughs> that is the what early 2021, the winter of 2021. Yes, yeah. that will be around Valentine's Day this uh, this coming year. Yeah. So ho hopefully we can be out of these masks, but. Uh, <laughs> We'll if, see. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we um, could fit Corona into it to make it, <laughs> no, right. to make it more different. <laughs> That's, we're so different. So um, <laughs> very, very poetic. Yeah. Um, so I know you touched upon this lightly earlier, but, um, you know, what do you look for most in an actor, you know, in the educational sense and also in professionalism? You know? Love. Um, I love passion. I love people who enjoy this so much. Um, you know, in a, in a professional capacity, it's a job that you need to keep uh, the joy in it and you need to keep kind of um, a focus on why, why you started and why you're doing it. Um, and then with you guys, where it's not a job, I hope you are keeping the joy in it. Um, or, you know, you can go, you can go do underwater basket weaving or something <laughs> else that, that you would rather be doing. Um, but I just love, I love people who love the craft. I love people who want to understand um, the how and the why of everything. I think that analysis is so fascinating. And I think that um, exploring all these different techniques and, you know, learning from all these different masters who have kind of had their own approach. Um, I love somebody who wants to kind of play in that, in that sandbox um, with all of those different tools. Uh, and then for a, in terms of like watching a professional, like who, who do I enjoy? Who do I gravitate towards? I like people who um, you can't anticipate their next move. It's all so natural um, that it just feels like you're truly watching this moment to moment truth. Um, I don't like when you can kind of see an actor thinking one step ahead of themselves. Um, I, I like people who really stay in the moment, which is the ideal. I mean, that's, it's a silly mm. thing to say. I like people who are good at acting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, I think that's really what it comes down to. I think if a performer is losing themselves in a character, um, I can lose myself in their character. That's yeah. certainly the thing I enjoy about acting. Yeah. Specifically, like, getting into a character's head and, like, figuring out who they are exactly and being more than you are yourself. That's one of the things I've always loved to do, like mm -hmm. focus on what a character is and be something who you're not. Yourself to it and like <laughs> discover this different part yeah. of yourself, you know? Um, yeah, it's yeah, that's I something, think that's something I did for um, 
back in Romeo and Juliet. Like, since like I was around the same age as the character was, it was easy to like figure out. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I feel like it's even more interesting to see it, you know, or I mean, to see it instead of do it, because when you're kind of like moving with the show, it's like when you, you know that you're watching something good when you like, or start crying mm-hmm. or start screaming or start laughing like when you do that and you're like it's almost like you're watching this happen you want to intervene but you can't because mm-hmm. it's a show yeah. um and you know i think it's also interesting seeing like when you're watching it and you're like oh obviously the director did this but in all actuality like the director just said you walk over here you do this it was you know the performer tapping into their character and kind of realizing where their stance is, you know, their their speed, the way they walk, the way they move, the way they speak, everything is um, completely planned out by themselves, you know, yeah. so. You have to put the work in during the rehearsal process so that you can let go of the work for performances. Mm-hmm. If you If you're still doing that work while you're on stage, you're not in it. So all of the work, all of the the, um, the planning and the thinking has to come earlier. You got to kind of like dig in from the very beginning so that you can let go of it and just live that truth. I've, certainly, I've had that problem before, like <laughs> being on stage and then being like, oh, this is something new. And just <laughs> kind of getting out of it for a second before getting back in, just being like, wait a minute, I haven't done this before. And then I realize, oh, I'm in a show right now. I got to. Focus. And the, the more the more experience you get, um, those those moments are so fun mm-hmm. on stage. Those are my favorite moments as an actor where I'm like, oh, I'm surprising myself. Like these yeah. are new and you don't want to do anything that's gonna like throw your scene partner. I didn't want to start like having a mental breakdown in the middle of the scene <laughs> and hysterically crying and they weren't prepared for that. Um, but if you it's like if you're autopiloting in a car, if you start thinking to yourself like, oh, I'm not driving the car right now, then you're you're in your head already and you can't even get back to it. So if you're on stage thinking like, oh, this is going really well, I'm really in it, you can't possibly be in it or you wouldn't be having that thought that, of yeah. like, oh, it's so well, I'm in it. And then you start realizing, oh, I'm not in it. And then the thought becomes, how do I get back in it? Like, where do I, what, what do I do? Where do I go? And the answer is always your scene partner. That's where you go if you had your not in it. Um, but it, those moments where you kind of surprise yourself, if you can just take them as truth and like roll with them, um, they really they're they're the magic. That's when when you're discovering new things. You know, I feel like there are some people listening that are like, I want to get into acting, and then they're hearing everything we say, and they're like, it's so hard. But no. really, like, it, honestly, it, I feel like it just happens. Like, it's like it you know, it's almost like you know, you're given that incentive but at the end of the day it's all you you know i can see how it could be intimidating oh, some people though yeah we'll give, you, we'll give it to you in baby yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll walk you through it i promise um well that's something i like about um psp specifically like not to advertise <laughs> to be like hey join psp but one thing i do like about here it is a really you do teach things in a really good way like i'd come in not really know much but then by the time we get out, I'd be like, wow, I really learned a whole lot of stuff here. And that, that's something I like, but it's not in an overwhelming way. Exactly. They're not, they don't pour yeah. on you. They make sure. It's not like I'm in it. school and being like, okay, here's, 
here's all of this. Remember it. You'll be quizzed next rehearsal. Right. I also can't, I mean, I can't give you guys a like full, beautiful theater education because like it's not college and I don't have you, you know, five days a week for like, you know, three hours at a time. Um, so I don't, any of the little techniques or the new things that we try, you're never going to walk out of here being an expert at any of it, but what a cool experience to get to college if you want to, or, or, or you know, be exploring theater at a higher level and somebody says, okay, we're going to work, you know, um, with the Meisner technique today and everybody around you is going like, oh, okay, what's that? And you're like, yeah, I, I've tried this. I know this. I'm familiar with this. I may not have perfected it. There's always more to learn. Um, but I, I recognize this and I, I kind of already have my foot in that world. Um, I think, I think it's a shame that people kind of look at youth theater and go, oh my gosh, they got on stage and they said all their lines and I could hear them. And how darling, like you guys are, are capable of so much more than that. Um, and I think that if you, you know, break down these, these loftier concepts into smaller pieces that, that you guys are fully capable of, of accessing and, and understanding and um, uh, making a part of your craft, more power to you. It's just so cool to see what you guys can do. It's awesome. I'm so proud of you guys all the time. And just to branch off of that, is there anything you'd like to say to any inspiring directors, performers, just anyone maybe just in theater, if you want to be a director? Uh, we need you. Like the world <laughs> you. Um, we need art. We need beauty we need a mirror being held up to so much of what's going on right now um we need a, we, we just need art um i would like to say that it's it is tough and it is very tempting to kind of um put your guards up and look out for yourself and kind of tear down the people around you but it is worth so much more and it will take you so much further to stay vulnerable stay hungry stay humble and collaborate with those people and take inspiration um from the people around you because you always want to be remembered as a a as a good person first and then a good performer um and we just i would love to see new faces in every element of theater. I think it's time. I think things are shifting. Um, I think people who haven't had their voices heard before um, are starting to, and hopefully that continues. And, you know, we're doing everything we can to, to support that on our end. And um, it's important. So we need, we need all of it. We need all the stories. We need all the truths. We need all of um, these individuals bringing themselves to the table. And so with that being said, um, if anyone is like listening to this and they're like, I really like Lexi, I want her to be my director. <laughs> and if you just so happen to live within the Exeter, New Hampshire, or just New Hampshire, Massachusetts area, you know, if we can make her and drive and do. But yeah, you know, you look into like that. Oh, <laughs> you know, right? It's like that, that's the passion from an actor. Like, um, but yeah, definitely look, definitely look into them. I'll have their website in the description. If you even just feel like donating, like we, we, we could, I would be lying to you if I said we wouldn't <laughs> use it. Um, donate whenever you can. Yes. Um, and also, uh, 
in, not just trying to pull at your wallet or anything, <laughs> but um, the uh, their upcoming show, our upcoming show, because me and Matt are both in it. We are. Um, and Lexi's directing like, it. I know, right? Fun fact. <laughs> Who knew? Um, is there's two. There's the junior cast performance of Peter Pan, and then a uh, more step the step up from Peter Pan, Peter Wendy. I don't know if you want to maybe speak on that or branch off of it. Yeah. So uh, junior cast doing an adaptation of uh, Peter Pan by Craig uh, Sodero, and it is uh, kind of the more traditional uh, storybook Peter Pan that you think of. If you think of like the Disney movie, it's closer to that vein. Mm -hmm. And then seniors are doing this absolutely gorgeous work um, by Jeremy Bloom. It's called Peter Wendy. And it um, takes a lot of wording directly from J.M. Barry's original novel. Um, so it's very kind of like literature based and it's very image heavy and, and it's wordy and it's just gorgeous. Um, and it explores kind of the darker themes of Peter Pan. So, you know, Peter Pan, less of the sweet, um, you know, mischievous Disney kid in the green tunic um, and more of kind of a, a, uh, a different force, maybe like a darker force for Wendy. Um, but if you guys are interested in that, there will be, um, our tickets aren't available now, are they? Uh, they're not. We are still trying to kind of, um, choose a, a streaming service, but if you go to pinestreetplayerscc.com, um, it will have whatever the most up-to-date information is, even if it's just saying like, please come back next week. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that the, the link to that website will be in the description for you guys. And if you guys are listening to it on audio only, um, pinestreetplayers.cc.cc.com? Pinestreetplayerscc.com. Okay. See, I'm giving you false information here now. <laughs> um, and uh, there's information on the upcoming shows, pictures from past shows. If you spot me, don't tell me about it. Uh, don't definitely don't get pictures of me I'm freshman year. I'm sure you look good. Um, and I'd like to thank Lexi for uh, being a part of this. Thank you so much for having. This of was course. awesome. I'm so proud of you. Yes, and Matt, thank you so much for uh, being part of the conversation. Yeah, no problem, buddy. It was, it was really important to kind of have both ends and both sides of the spectrum, mm -hmm. kind of come together, especially since, you know, anyone can go up to a director and be like, why'd you pick directing? You know, <laughs> you know, why'd you pick directing? What do you do? And then the performer's like, I know you do that, you know? So, um, not seeing me direct a whole lot of shows. Years. Yeah. We go like, way, way back. Maybe more than 12 shows. I think so. How old were you? I was 12. Oh, yeah. Oh, now I'm 18. That's Not yet. Well, in a, in a month. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> We're getting less, less than a month. <laughs> um, we are. Yeah, so all the information will be in the description for you guys. Again, audio only. Um, we, I mean, scroll back. You know what I said. Uh, <laughs> and um, if you want to support Coffeehouse Productions and any more futuristic things, um, please do. Um, and you guys can also check the performer spotlight on our YouTube channel has a couple of um, videos that were from PSP shows. So they uh, are. You just, yeah. So if you want to just take a look at those, it kind of gives you a little bit of a glimpse of, you know, the seriousness of this. Like we're not just performing monkeys going up on stage with costumes, you know, it's, it's, it's so raw and so um, beautiful seeing it happen, you know, 
obviously being the performer it's different but like when i see the video of it or when i'm seeing it while the performer's doing it it's you know just that growth is so important so there are there are a few shows that i um wasn't in so i can say that as an audience member they were pretty spectacular to watch from a just an audience perspective and not a um performer perspective mm -hmm. and you also take into account that like you know some shows like go through a ton of like rehearsal pro like rehearsal processes and stuff like we only have like three months mm -hmm. four months of you know work that gets done and even so we only meet three days out of the yep. week you know so typically like a 10-week process yeah. yeah so it's like and during with the two casts it's like each cast oh yeah so it's two, two days per cast yeah. you know and only like two hours of a rehearsal so mm -hmm. like like we said earlier it's it's all it all just happens with most performers where it's like you know i got my blocking i got my direction what can i make out of this to be original um but i want to thank you for taking part it meant a lot um, especially since I was supposed to do two interviews and they couldn't happen because Miss Rona decided to step out her ride. <laughs> what up, uh, Rona? <laughs> but yeah, um, so thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you again for being here. And uh, we uh, hope you will come again soon. Thank you very much.